What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, September 9th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, aka Southside Zo, aka Father Zo, aka Dylan Cease predictor. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Uh, I know last week's show, I started talking about talking shit against Beef Loaf and Sox fans, talking about Patrick Wisdom. I want to apologize. Um, I've been wrong this entire time because uh, Patrick Wisdom isn't better than Jose Abreu. Frank Schwindel is. Yes, but I'm fine. We're going to get to it. And the good Reverend Kate Fitz. Uh, I mean, honestly, the fact that we're able to say that the Cubs are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now uh, in September, meaningful <laughs> September baseball, is, is really, it's a, it's a treat. It's a treat. I mean... It's been fun watching the diehard, if you will, Cubs fans trying to eat the shit that is this season and call it gourmet. Oh, lathering up, lathering up. Yeah, and lathering I, up. but I appreciate it. I, I think that's good. I mean, that's where you really kind of Ian Happ today officially got over one hundred WRC plus above league average, baby. He's an average major league hitter after being one of the worst hitters in baseball for the first until everything somebody, blew up. <laughs> somebody tweeted like uh like his, the people he's buying WRC plus and there's some big names on there and someone responded like these guys are all bad. What's what's the <laughs> they're all below league average. What's the, the brag here? I don't get it. That was like yesterday. So but before we get ahead of ourselves, obviously we're gonna talk about the Cubs, we're gonna talk about the White Sox, what we think the playoff roster is gonna look like, go over, you know, the road ahead for the White Sox. Um and we'll probably even touch on how our Cubs ticket's still expensive, because Fitz might have brought that up a couple times. Uh <laughs> so um all that and just you know, general tomfoolery. Um, so let's tap this guy. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. As always, the show is brought to you by us, guys. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the big thing right now. Really need you guys to start uh, hitting up that subscribe button. Um, you can find a link to support the show pinned to the top of the Twitter account at Pinwheels Ivy Pod. And uh, we do have some merch still floating around out there. We haven't tweeted out the merch in a long time. Just tweet that out. I need a hoodie. But yeah, go buy some shit. <laughs> I should be a salesman. Go buy some shit. <laughs> Let's start with Schwindel, though. I want to start with this guy. 
Okay. Did, okay. did you guys Let's see start this? I know, but did, I just, <laughs> I want to take a step back because it was just like, I don't, I mean, no one saw this coming, right? Like, we did talk about the, when they picked him up, he was playing for the Las Vegas Aviators on a team that had a ridiculous, like, one through five in the order, and all of their OPS numbers were off the charts. But it was, at the time, mostly thought of as, oh, well, he's like the fifth, fourth or fifth best guy on a juiced ball roster. Maybe that's what it was. But it turns out that maybe he, it was just a really good AAA roster, and he's it's a real deal. He got maybe diamond in the rough. He was up, and then I think they brought, I think Moreland came back from the DL, and they had no choice because he was, you know, he was a first-round pick for the, you know, the Royals back in the day, too. He's had options. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs just grabbed some trash there, and it turned out it wasn't trash at all. It was sweet. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember when the Cubs like picked him up? I do. I mean, yeah, I, I watched some. No, like, do you remember, like when was it? Because I, I, swear, I think it was one of the weeks like when mid, I missed the show. Mid July, because it was like, I think we were like, oh, first baseman, and they, you know, then they, you know, before that was before the jock trade. Okay, because I just remember the first time he was even in the lineup. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> right. I, I didn't. Well, he even he has like an old man name. Yeah, I didn't even learn how to say his name till like two days ago <laughs> like didn't even attempt to try to say his name i should I mean say. his numbers are again it's it's been like a month but 34 games heading into wednesday night 34 games uh 127 at bats he's slashing 362 409 with the 677 slugging percentage uh 10 home runs uh 30 runs batted in eight doubles a triple I, I mean, can't get well. I can't get away from this hit. guy. Like anytime I go on Twitter now, like I said, Cubs fans are grasping on to you know the positives that they can this season. Which again, I'm not knocking it. You know, it's not their fault that everyone got traded away. But this Frank Schwindel stuff, and then Ian Happ's coming around. But I guess so the at, big- at the same time, Patrick Wisdom is on the opposite end of that. I think he has yeah. like. Who right. hits the month of September? Kinda... The, his series against the White Sox was just his last hurrah for me. Personally. Yeah. He did that for that me. That Saturday. <laughs> it was a Saturday because that Sunday was when it yeah. kicked off. It, I mean, he's like, he's like two for like 28 right now in his last. You know, Patrick Wisdom is a guy that I thought he was like, is the high strikeout guy. And yeah, he can hit mistakes. But once pitchers stop just throwing a meatballs, yep. he's going to struggle. <laughs> it's yeah, but... has an interesting history, though, because. He was with the A's, but he was a he was actually the Royals like top prospect for a bit, mm-hmm. and he got a slight cup of coffee back in 2019. Then the shutdown, then obviously he's with the he's with the Las Vegas Aviators here in Vegas, which is a great place to hit by the way, just because you know desert air and all that fun stuff. So it looks great, juice balls, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he did really well here. Gets called up for for a brief cup of coffee, plays eight games, hits one bomb of a home run. It was actually a really nice a, a bomb of a homer then, but only hit 150. And he struggled a little bit. And so they, you know, Moreland came back. They were like, whatever. All right. Well, this guy, so it's worth sending back down and not, you know, whatever. He'll probably go through waivers. He hit 150. And then he's, I mean, he's got a, Jesus, he's got a 186 OPS plus since joining the Cubs. I mean, that's, who? Yeah, and just, well, so all this Cubs stuff has been great. Like, it's good to see Cubs fans actually you know, not be on suicide watch for a while. They were just like, fun. Like those, that last, the past week was just like fun after right. like a, a month and a half. After, it was like a month of just, I mean, they had that 12 game losing streak again or 11 game losing streak. Um, they were getting just blown out. It seemed like every other day. Uh, 
the offense wasn't even like I could if if you know I obviously realized hand levels down if they're gonna lose or lose but at least entertain me the, those games for a month after the trade deadline wow. were brutal and then September hit and I don't know that, I mean I know what happened they started to face worse teams right. <laughs> so yep. that's why well, that's why they were on the win streak but hey at least we got that one week. And it was, it was, it was, it's been just nice enough to have something positive to only have this weekend. The wound reopened a little bit oh, when Chris, right. Bryant, Chris Bryant returns to Wrigley Field for the first time since the trade. Oh, I didn't know that was this weekend. So that's this yeah. weekend. So that should be uh, a weekend of media twisting things that he says, people getting upset about it on Twitter, thinking that he's trying to, you know, shoot shots at somebody else and take digs when it really, that's not even in his train of thought. He's just answering whatever questions. And that, that should be fun. So I, I'm looking forward to, uh, a Gordon Whitmire clickbait headline and a uh, <laughs> someone getting upset on on Twitter that saying that KB said that the the Cubs fans suck or something because he he said that he liked hot dogs. Before we get off of uh, like Schwindel and these guys, I want to ask both of you from like you know Cubs fan perspective and then Zoe just looking on the outside. So out of like the three guys who've really like you know contributed here in the second half or like all season since they've come up, Patrick Wisdom. Frank Schwindel, and then Rafael Ortega. Mm-hmm. Out of those three guys, who do you think is like for real? If any. I, I don't I, I I honestly don't think that Schwindel I don't think that he's not I think he is for real. <laughs> I think that I think that he's been a guy that's been trapped in an organization that that had plenty of dudes at that spot too ahead of him. And you know, the Royal stuff, you know, he had a season where he didn't play at all. And so this is a guy that, you know, you can almost take that year of development out, take a year off of his career, bring him back to that development stage. And he's actually a year younger baseball wise than, you know, his regular age dictates. And I think the, what he does, his approach, he he's not just a, he's not Patrick wisdom, which Patrick yeah. wisdom is pulling baseballs. He might walk into one the other way on occasion, but his red hot zone, when you look at his, 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 whatever his uh, graph or whatever, when you're looking at his, um, his grid, his red hot zone is exactly where you'd assume someone down and in. And when you look at Schwindel, what he's been doing, his is there isn't like there isn't a gaping hole. He's hitting the ball the other way. He's punching ground balls right side. And that's something that's different, which tells me that he's seeing what he needs to see. And he's actually hitting the baseball with an approach. And that tells me that, you know, having an approach gives you staying power in this league. If you have an approach, which means you have to adapt your approach, you got to change your approach. When other people, you know, when other pitchers and opponents figure out your approach, then you got to again evolve. But the approach and the process is what makes a professional hitter professional and with staying power. And that's what I like about him. Wisdom, you can look at his chart and you know that if you don't, if you miss up or if you work up under his hands, he's done. He's done. He's gotcha. And Ian Happ, same thing. I mean, getting excited about that, but from the left side, how's it going from the right side? Like these are things that we got to, you got to think about in the long term. Great for Ian Happ when the pressure was off, but where was he? You know, I mean, honestly, if Ian happens like this earlier in the season, I don't think the Cubs sell. I think that it's a completely different lineup with him performing like this. But it's you know, you almost say too little, too late. But I think we're here getting to this point where Ian Happ may have some trade value in the offseason as well, just like the Kyle Schwarber, you know, peak moment. You know, when Schwarber oh, peaked Cubs Ian, with his that's the thing. Ian Happ's like best trade value, and I thought they were going to do it was right after his rookie year. Like for for the longest time, that was like the guy. And I remember that I remember specifically the trade. I think that was the off season that the Brewers traded for Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. And I think like the Cubs were kind of rumored to be like maybe like asking, uh, you know, talking with the Marlins maybe. And I was like, just just add add a half in there. 
Yeah, he just came off like a 24 home run season from the beginning. And like credit to him, he's worked himself to be like at least an average center fielder. And for his career, I mean, we look at the numbers. He's been like a, a 110, 111, like above average uh, major league hitter. And he's battled through a lot of adversity too. The set getting set down stuff and a lot of the stuff yeah. that, that happened early in his career too. And like that was the thing though. From the beginning, Ian Happ was always like, he came up as an infielder, second baseman. Cubs tried it. He wasn't good. It came to a point where the Cubs had a whole bunch of injuries and they still didn't trust Ian Happ at second base. They're like, no, no, no please stop. But you know, it was that was, I really did think after 2017 or even after 2018, uh, his numbers came down, but he was still like, pretty good so, for you know what he was valued at at the time i was like th- like th- this is the guy you trade and they just never did <laughs> isn't it funny that he's kind of gotten hot since what would have been the start of the 2020 season like you know midsummer all of a sudden he starts waking up yeah. like around like late july this is, three, this is three straight this is three straight years for him because when he came up because he started 2019 at AAA, he didn't come up until middle of july mm-hmm. and he was fantastic for the pet for the last two and a half months uh, same thing last year, you know, the first month he was fantastic. And then now this past month, he has like a 200 WRC plus since August 3rd or something. That's got to be some sort of like value in a trade, especially if your Cubs aren't contending. Look, this guy is a finisher. The last three seasons, look what he's done down the stretch. Get this guy. And I think that that, that might change kind of how you look at what his value is too, because he is finishing well. If Just what is it? At the beginning, what what's what what's the what's the deal early on? I, I mean, you want Ian Hapzo, right fielder? No. Um, <laughs> so Schwindel's twenty nine and Wisdom's yes. thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> so and Ortega is also thirty, I think. Not kids. Oh no. Um, oh, a bunch of Roy Hobbs is coming up. But rookies. But is... well, two of those guys. Jimmy Morris. How's Schwindel in the in the field? Like I know he plays first base, but like solid. He's, I mean, nondescript. Is that a good way to put it? Which yeah, means that's fine. That's not good or bad. If you're nondescript, it means that you're pretty unnoticed. I'll say this: like, if there's a DH next year in the NL, he'll probably at this point be slotted in. Oh yeah, the DH as of now. Okay, because wisdom, at least wisdom can pick. It. He was a damn good fielding third baseman, and they kept going at him too. It was like, yeah, okay, it's we all- get it. Like he can, he's got a glove. Um, I'm looking at Schwindel's. Spray chart here. He's pretty dead pull too. No, he is. <laughs> I mean, he, he well, he pulls the baseball, but he has had his offensive approach. If you look at his spray chart, he does hit the ball the other way. He also fights off balls that are outer half. I, I mean, I don't watch his at bats. I'm just going straight. The spray chart has two balls and I guess three balls you can consider right field. That's it. Yeah, I think I think Kevin's thinking of his like go ahead hit the other day that went. Yeah. To well, no, I've, I've, I've seen him spray <laughs> baseballs down the right side a few times, but maybe well, those are just like fight offs. Right. Yeah, balls. there's well, I guess that one. Yeah, so we'll call it a. He's got six hits to the right side. Okay, all right. Um, but I don't know. I to me, if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably take wisdom just because I want a guy that can. I think he's got the better glove. From what I've seen, again, you know, like I said, like you asked, complete outsider's opinion. I mean, yeah. uh, the Schwindel guy has all the makings of a like a Cubs folk hero. The whole hanging out at Cubby Bear and yeah. like buying yeah. people drinks and like, I mean, you couldn't recognize this guy from, you know, anyone. He just looked like a normal dude, just kind of goofy looking <laughs> tall guy. You know, he's not even tall. He's six one. But he's just, you know, hanging out. He just out has that goofy face. Yeah. Nothing, so. nothing against Frank the Tank. We have a goofy face. But <laughs> his nickname is apparently the Tank, according to his Wikipedia. 
Yeah, I mean, it was. Well, I mean, I think if, if you name your kid Frank, he's <laughs> going to be called the tank at some point in his life. But uh, so I w- well, I was telling you earlier about uh, another outfielder, uh, Edmosillo, who got her his seasons over after a forearm injury. And like I was telling you, how like for any of these guys, like at this point, what we're seeing, obviously, we're not. I, yeah, we're excited about like this past month of these guys being great. Mm-hmm. Like the best case scenario for any of these guys is like, can you be a solid platoon guy? Maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I honestly think that's like what, uh, like any of these three guys could be. And, and Ortega too. Ortega's in like almost three hundred for. He has to have like close to three hundred at bats on. This is so interesting to me, though. I'm looking at Schwindel's stats, when, like his minor league stats, too. None of these justify a guy that should be lingering at a lower level. Like every season's at 280, 22 homers, 75 RBI, and you know, 118 games. He, you know, he he hit a uh, you know 2016, 270, 20 homers, 68. I mean, he had solid seasons, and then he hit three. This last few seasons, he had 329 with 23 homers, 97 RBIs, and 133 games. But what happened was he he got released or whatever happened at, at the end of spring training. He was named to the opening day roster and then he got DFA'd and he took his, I think he took, whoa, uh-oh. Draft started. His, uh, <laughs> he took his, um, his, his, his release and then. What? This spot actually. What is the hell? Sorry. ESPN. Auto draft crap they throw on there. Um, but he he ended up Yahoo. Yeah, I recognize that. That was Yahoo. Oh. He took his release. You can you know he was granted that that on the DFA or whatever. He signs with the Tigers and he played what Triple A for the rest of the season after he was DFA'd. And then 2020 hits. He doesn't play. And so he's a free agent. Nobody signs nowhere. And then he signs at the end of 2020 with the A's. And he was good again down there. Um, it just he seems to always hit wherever he's at. That doesn't seem to be an issue with him. I, so that's what's weird. I, the only thing you can think of is he's been log jammed behind guys, or he just when he was in the show, he just didn't. You know, I've I've seen guys hit 400 at AAA and then come up and can't hit for for Dick. So yeah. see that that's the thing. That's the thing that I'm not going to say like the minor league numbers don't matter. A- at the same time, there's there's probably like a good reason why. Just like I said it with Patrick Wisdom, there's probably a good reason. Like Mercedes, you know, there's a reason why these guys were 28, 29, 30, and weren't really given. A, uh, like a great opportunity to get a lot of MLB playing time. And then, and hopefully Schwindel breaks, breaks out of that mold and he, maybe he just is like a guy who didn't have that chance. So question that I'm have for you two as the representation of the Cubs delegation on this show, it's been fun, especially watching them rip off. What was it, like a seven game winning streak, eight game winning streak. Seven in a row. Yep. So, the team pretty much sucks, but it's fun to win. But are you nervous that they're playing themselves into a shittier draft position? See, I, I remember when we, when we went back a few weeks ago and I was all on board. It was, so see, here's the thing. I was thinking about it earlier in the day because that did come up on Cubs Twitter today a little bit. Um, it wasn't so much it was like, yeah, no, lose on purpose – to get a lower draft pick, my mm-hmm. thought was just, I'm not necessarily as pissed off because they're losing. Like I'm pissed off at like the organization, you know, the front office, like right. the situation that they created to get to this point. Yep. I wasn't really necessarily like pissed off, like oh they're losing, like oh they're just, you know, tanking uh, for the draft pick. But then now, 
But then I saw a great point. It was like, at this point, for this past month and a half, you have to analyze what you are, who the guys you have on the roster. Mm-hmm. It is better at this point to see, and if they succeed, and if those leads to wins, like, okay, that just happened. But at least, hey, you know, if you can trust Frank Schwindel to, you know, fill in as your right-handed DH next year for at least some part of the season. Or, you know, can Rafael Ortega, right. can he actually handle a platoon? And, and that's why it sucked the injury to Michael uh, Hermosillo was because that's a guy who is still, he's not as old as these guys. This guy's younger than Ian Happ. He's 26. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's like drafted out of high school when he was, well, I drafted out of high school. It's like the talent is there. It's like he was killing it in at AAA this year. And it was like, hey, all right, this guy has the tools. Like, it, it's not just like, oh, he was putting up numbers just because he was putting up numbers. It's like, no, this guy has tools. This guy has a skill set. Let's see. Let's let's just see what he can do. And that's why it's like he only got to play a couple weeks, and he wasn't even playing every day. Yeah, no, I but, get. But, but, I get. But the to the whole, draft point, it's like, yeah, I I kind of do side with Kevin and like with everyone who when we talked about it a few weeks ago, the MLB draft. You're not always going to get the best player one one. Correct. The only thing I do have to say is, you know, back in what was it, 2011, 2012, Cubs lost like more than 100 games, I think. You know, if they started winning at the end of the year, yeah, Mark Appel went one to Houston, but the Cubs probably could have dropped out of the top three and they wouldn't have ended up with Chris Bryant. So you do get to a point where, but, but again, that's all after the fact. That's all resi- yep, results. Yeah. yeah, it's all hindsight. So. Yeah, no. With the MLB at this point, it, if this seven-game uh, winning streak caused them to move from five to ten, like fine, trust your scouting. And you got to give it to the guys for working their ass off too. These guys are playing for their careers; their livelihoods are on the line, so they're out there busting their ass. And that's, you know, that's the hard part about being pissed off with like front office and ownership is that you don't want to take it out on the dudes that are out there busting their ass. Now it's not their fault; they're right. they're, not, they're not making those decisions, and so. That's what makes it so exciting too is this team feels like a bunch of plumbers and, you know, like uh, carpenters out there, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like, you know, a, the high talent, incredible upside of players like Chris Bryant and Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo. And that, so all of a sudden you're looking at Frank Schwindel. <laughs> you're looking at these, these, these kind of what we would call, you know, journeymen, right? I mean, they've been around a little bit. They're, they're the Bull Durham's. Um, they're the, the Crash Davises of the world, excuse me. And they're, that's they're they've been around and, you know, that that makes it fun for them because maybe it's their last hurrah or they're getting, you know, they found a fountain of youth. It's fun and exciting. And, and again, having something to root for is kind of fun. You know, I don't right. think I'm, I'm not someone that intentionally roots on for any team that I like to lose. If you do that for me to each their own, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, I will judge you a little bit, but I don't root for my team to lose. I don't ever want to see my team lose. I love my team too much to like, I can't, I'm too competitive in that sense. Tanking that stuff, I it, that drives me nuts. I mean, I saw a post today of someone saying how they were, like they're, they're rooting against the bears and all. And I'm like, you know, fair enough on your end, but I'm rooting for the bears to ruin everything. Like play good, play good baseball, respect the game. Rooting it to lose is disrespectful to the game. Anyway, like I'm not rooting for the bad news bears to show up. I'm rooting for good baseball because I'm watching baseball. Like why, right. why? And it's, why really, it's really hard to expect a bunch of guys that are literally playing for their proverbial baseball lives to take their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, these guys, like we said, they're 29, 30 years old. This is basically it for them. And as you both brought up multiple times, they're trying to win a bench spot somewhere in the league, if not in Chicago, somewhere. This is basically just like a 
month long audition for them right now. And it's just, I mean, the, it's really hard for me to sit here and be like, Oh, you guys are fucking up the tank. Well, what do you, what do you want me to do? This is my life. Like this is my career, (laughs) you know? And also I'm very glad you said it all though, because you hit the nail on the head. Unlike any other professional sport, one one isn't going to get you the best player, guaranteed. You know what it's I mean? Well, the least no guaranteed, guaranteed, but yeah, pick, it's the yeah. least guaranteed pick. Because like the thing is, the one one that guy could still be good, but like there could be a guy drafted like in the second round who's like ten time all star or something. Yeah, wasn't Trout like twenty? Trout was like nineteen or yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's just there's no guarantee, but. I don't know. I just I was curious to what you guys thought about that because I don't know. I was thinking about the show tonight and stuff to talk about, and I was like, you know, it's cool that all these Cubs keep winning all these games, but they're kind of fucking up their <laughs> their draft. Like, I I did have it. I didn't have it. But again, it was just like the, you know, what it was. It was when they were lose. Like when they had that eleven game losing streak again after the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Right. Like for me, I would normally I'd be like when they had that in June and July. I was like. Pissed. I was like, great, you guys fuck, you guys ruined the season. Like, you guys are all going to get traded now. Right. But then it would change to like, I was kind of indifferent about it. I was like, well, that fucking sucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but in terms of like, but, but no, but I do remember because I, I am making like a kind of a way, because I think at first I was kind of like, I mean, yeah, if they lose, it's fine. Like, it's better for the team. Now that they've won, I have to admit, that was. Hey, at least it was fun. It was a lot more fun watching them win. And hey, if they drop like three draft spots down, it was entertaining to watch them, you know, actually win some games, be fun. Frank Schwindel, like I think he had four games in a row, the game winning hit, like in the sixth inning or later. Like that was cool. Cool for him. Cool for the fans who went out there, and you know, spent spend too much money for tickets. <laughs> right. And then the other side of things, the White Sox since we last did a show, I mean, they beat Pittsburgh and then lost two out of three in Kansas City because the fucking Royals and fucking Salvador Perez, who just hit another home run like five minutes ago. The Salvador Perez versus Yasmani Grandal, White Sox, Royals, like trash talk on Twitter is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> well, here, I'll, I'll summarize it for everyone here. Salvador Perez is, hits home runs. Yasmani Grandal can frame. And that's basically the counterpoints for both sides of the argument. And I mean, have, it is fantastic. You have the F war versus B war, and you have all these other. Oh, you mean, have the what? I mean, the I think I think both F war and B war. I mean, Grandall, because he has such a um, high on um, base percentage, mm-hmm. he's always going to be or like he's better on like the. Because again, Grandal missed what like a month and a half, almost two mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. and it's like if they would have played the same amount of games, like Grandal would have like double Perez's WAR. <laughs> right, and, and then but it's like Perez has forty-two home runs, forty-one home runs, <laughs> forty-two now, and then people brought in the defense part of things because yep. Selby Perez is not a good defensive catcher. He's dead last in the league in framing, and then the debate switched over to how much do you value framing and like all this, it was crazy. I know what you're talking about. I watched a lot of them. I think they're both very good catchers. I think they're different catchers. I mean, 
I think that's a fair thing to say. I think that's an okay thing to say. They're, you know, you can really like twist the knife into Royals fans, be like, you know, Salvador Perez, great, great hitter. <laughs> because then you can always be like, Gazman Grindall, you know, he's the best catcher. Mm-hmm. You, like, you know, Salvi, yeah, great hitter. <laughs> I think all around baseball player, it's Yasmani Grandal. Oh yeah, better hitter, Salvador Perez. And then, but then the Royals fans, they come back. They're like, well, Salvador Perez plays every game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It is wild. It was no, no, it, how about the fucking Royals though? They, I think they won the season series. The Royals, and I'm not saying that the White Sox are anything like the 90s Bulls, but do you remember the Bulls team that went 72 and 10? Oh, and then they lost all their games to like bad teams. They they lost. The only team that beat them twice that season was the Toronto Raptors. And it was a bad (laughs) Toronto Raptors team, like a last place Toronto Raptors team. And the Royals were just that thorn in the side this season. I mean, yeah. Frustrating ass games. They won. The Sox lost seven to two. Then they won ten to seven. Then they lost six to nothing. That Sunday game was pitiful. Yeah, it was painful to watch. And then Sox currently are in Oakland. Always for the last like fifteen years has been a, a shitty trip for the White Sox. Never played good in Oakland. Going into the playoffs last year, even, and they won the first game six to three in a, a really convincing fashion i think they had 15 hits i want to say i mean not only that your your boy jimmy lambert five shutout innings right or one 15 hits for the Sox. yeah he pitched well yeah and it was a little shaky and i mean it's tough to give a guy like that benefit of the doubt just because of the unknown but i'll tell you what he pitched better than the guy that's about to take the hill tonight (laughs) yep I saw two earlier today. It was like a Sox fan. They're like, it's Dallas Keuchel day, and it's just like a, it's like a profile of someone like kneeling down with their yep. head in their hands. <laughs> yep. Is that what it feels like? So it it's does. like you you look at the schedule and it's like, oh fuck, it's Dallas Keuchel. It feels like a rainy day after a week of like seventy two and sunny. <laughs> it's like perfect weather, and then like he's like a speed bump. Like it's just. Any momentum they had from last night, and I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Like, I got the game on right here. It's about to get started. Just, I hope I'm wrong. But, I mean, I was the one saying Dallas isn't cooked. Dallas isn't cooked. Dallas looks cooked. I I mean, he had, I guess right now he is, I mean, it's a weird way to say it, but he is lucky about the injuries that they had. Mm -hmm. You know, Rodon getting skipped, Giolito with the hamstring, uh, Lynn with the knee. Because if those guys are healthy, I think maybe not this, or I mean, who knows? Maybe I don't know how long that leash has been for, or is for Larusa with like a veteran guy uh, like Heichel, who's had you know prior success. Mm-hmm. But like, if it got, and it probably has a lot to do with like the big division leads. So it's not like you're like, oh fuck, we need we need this game tonight, or like right. we can't fuck up the bullpen. So like maybe that gives that does give Keiko a longer leash. But like if those if those other guys are all healthy and the rotation is one hundred percent healthy. I wonder if those conversations with Larusa and like his coaching staff is like, should we give Ronaldo a shot here? Because what's, what's the, term that, the term that everybody likes to abuse now is, should we stretch him out? Should we stretch him out? Should I mean, Ronaldo stretched out. Should we get Kopech stretched out? Should we give oh. Crochet a spot? Should we do a Crochet Kopech game? Should we? <laughs> like, it's just crazy. But like, it's people are scrambling so much because Keiko has been so bad. And I mean, 
again, he's pitching as we record this. He's, the game's about to start. Luis Roberts going into the box, but I don't see any way, shape, or form Dallas Keiko makes this playoff roster. So we talked about that last week, and I no. want to ask you another Keiko question, a Keiko-related question. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about this player a lot. I mean, I think we he was on the team before this podcast he started. Are you worried at all, or are you like, that's fine, I'll we'll, you know, bite the bullet here. Are you worried at all that Dallas Keiko says that one more year and then the option? But I don't think the option at this point. I think the option can't wait for right. next year to end. He still has the what like eighteen million dollars guaranteed. Are you like worried that because of that money guaranteed to him is going to cost Sox from trying to re-sign Rodon, or are you like that's fine, Rodon, go get paid somewhere else? I've kind of conceded the fact that I I'm ready. Like I'll see Carlos Rodon in a different uniform next year. Um, I've read a couple of interviews so far of him saying like I'm going to give the White Sox every opportunity possible to keep me in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's talked about like, this has been his home for a long time. This is the only home yeah. his kids know and shit like that. And I really believe him. Uh, Rodon seems like the type of guy that he's not, it's not lip service. You know what I mean? Like it, it seems legit. And I mean, um, the Sox, the Sox did give him this like other chance. Cause like they DFA'd him and then like, they're like, Hey, fourth chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause yeah, with all the injuries and yeah. They're like, hey, we'll we'll bring you back. I mean, they have to pay him like a little bit, but they're like, hey, you'll have one more shot here. They basically in like a one year prove it deal, and hey, he's proved it so far. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I would like to think that the front office can get creative about working around a bad Dallas Keiko contract, but yeah, who knows? Hopefully, I mean, up until like a month or two ago, he wasn't this bad. Like, it was never this bad. But now in his last three starts, he's allowed 16 runs in nine innings. That's just been the steady decline of them. Right. The it's, past month has just been boom, yep. <laughs> straight it's down. Straight down. And it's it's been a little brutal. And, you know, we got a lot of good injury updates about the White Sox today. You know, Tim Anderson took uh, batting practice in Oakland with the team and, uh, he was clocking himself, sprinting to first, and he was like, oh, that's a 3-2. That's a 3-2. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Lucas Giolito's been downplaying his injury since they put him, like, since it started. He was just like, it's not that bad. They just want me to be really careful because, you know, we got a bigger goal in mind than just the division. Yep. Um, and, you know, my cousin Lance Lynn was saying, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm going to throw a bullpen on Friday and then I should be good to go whenever they want to slot me in. I just got to make sure I take extra care of my knee just to make sure I'm at a hundred percent. Speaking of knees, Oakland needs to burn that stadium to the ground or get fucking dugout rails put in as Eloy Jimenez got drilled by a line drive by Andrew Vaughn. He was just sitting there and the ball just drilled him right in the knee. He has a deep bone contusion. Is he starting? Uh, no, he's out tonight. They said the problem. Yeah. yeah, I saw when I got when he left the game, and I thought it was on the slide. And then I heard, you know, when they're showing the replay, dude, it was. And then they were like, "Yeah, after he got drilled in the dugout." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, the worst little league fields in America still have a fence in front of the dugout, like, 
And I know that Oakland has like crazy foul ball space and like all that stuff. But like, dude, he was just sitting there and Luis Robert uh, was like standing in front of him. So he was like shielded, like he couldn't see Andrew Vaughn batting and the ball just came flying and Luis Robert jumps out of the way and it just drills Eloy right in the side of the knee. And to his credit, he played, but he said it got worse as the game went on and then scoring on that play and sliding didn't help. He said he feels great today. He says he feels fine. But again, (laughs) with your magic number at 14 now going into this game and you've seen how valuable Aloy is, they're just like, bro, you're done till Friday. Like, yeah, just take it easy, (laughs) bud. You're good. It's going to be okay. But all in all, some really good injury news on the White Sox front. The big one is TA to me. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Larry Garcia has been, hit hitting really well and Danny Mendick's serviceable, but like we've talked almost ad nauseum on the show about how vital Tim Anderson is to this team and just having number seven out on the field and all that shit. And like, yeah. So speaking about the roster and then the postseason, Keichel, you know, maybe on the fringe right now, you brought up this guy, uh, I think Tuesday night after another solid game, Gavin Sheets. Mm-hmm. Playoff rosters up? If I'm making it, yeah. <laughs> so mean, who's out? We got to figure, figure Ingles coming back. He's actually playing in Charlotte right now, so he's real close to coming back. I want to say you want to keep Hamilton on the roster, but like, if it's Hamilton or Sheets, I uh, I think I'm taking sheets, man. You know what I mean? Like, I think the I think the key too is um, once you go into the postseason, obviously you don't need that fifth starter, and so I think you get you. I think you're gonna have like that one extra position player because you'll have the one uh, fewer uh, pitcher. Right. So I think that does buy you the Gavin Sheets spot. Like, but what have we talked about with the White Sox? In the beginning, oh, Jose Abreu ground into a double play. That's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what if uh, boy, so uh, sound a little angry. There. Don't tell him. No, if I it love gets Ho- to if it gets to October though. I, I love Jose, but he literally leads the league in hitting into <laughs> double plays. Um, what? But like we said it preseason, we said it before the trade deadline. I mean, for like probably the last two years, what do the White Sox need? A power left-handed bat. Mm-hmm. Gavin Sheets has been fucking hitting piss missiles all over the place. And I like his swing. I think it's a very smooth swing. I think it's a very like fundamentally sound swing. I think he's not a really good fielder, but he'll do in a pinch. Like he's not going to lose you a game in the outfield or playing first base but I prefer him in the DH position and having that power left bat just adds just such another dimension to this already very good lineup. You know what I mean? It, it makes it tougher, especially with the the new relief pitcher rules where you got to pitch three batters. So like you yeah. can, I like where they have him tonight. I think they got him five or six, but he's sandwiched in between two righties. So like one of those guys is going to get the matchup they want. And I just think it adds a lot more 
more oomph to the lineup. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need a guy like Hamilton, a nice defensive replacement, you know, a good pitch runner, experienced player. Everybody likes him and everything like that. But I mean, who's he scaring in the, at the plate right now? No, I, I mean, he, he, he's good for like a, a double here and there, but like most of the time it's as close as you get to an automatic out, you know? And yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board the Gavin Sheets train. I think he should be, I think he's earned this spot on the playoff roster. I think it'd be a great story too for the world series DVD. I think it's going to be good. Also makes for a great shirt. Like, yep. Very uh, easy to do puns with him. And Stacey King kept calling him silk sheets or silky sheets when he did the game. <laughs> By oh, the question. way, yeah, I was going to ask you. So what do you th- I heard one of the games, it was Kansas city, right? When he was, yeah. Friday night game that got rained out. So it didn't even start till like crazy. Oh late. yeah. That was like the longest. So, <laughs> so it was Adam close. Amin and Stacy yep. King. And I mean, Adam's done a couple games already this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, I, he's good. He's a professional. He's like Jason where he can call any sport whenever he's fine. Stacey King is the wild card in this equation, you know, <laughs> and it kind of almost, I started getting nervous because Jason kept saying like, you know, Stacy's like a legit Sox fan. I'm like, okay, now you're overselling me this shit. Like this is going <laughs> to get bad. And because the game was like two, three hours delayed from the scheduled start time, People had a couple in them. You know what I mean? <laughs> what a catch by Andrew Vaughn. Diving catch. Um, that's what I'm talking about, Southside Agenda Podcast. Get that priority straight. Um, Hell yeah. But I think he did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed it. It was a great change of pace. For a 162-game season, it's not the worst thing in the world to have something a little bit different every once in a while. And Stacey King brought his – Stacey King flair to it, you know, like calling Gavin sheets, silk sheets, silky sheets, like all that stuff. And uh, Larry Garcia did a, had a great play at short and that's, that was the only hot sauce call we got, but no. I don't know. I just, I thought it was really good. I was impressed with his knowledge of the game, you know, and he also knew when to kind of sit something out. Like mm-hmm. if you really didn't know like the situation or anything like that, it was great. Uh, Debbie, Nailed it. Socks suck. Um, <laughs> well, we've what about Cub, we have a Cubs suck and a sock suck so far in the comments? And uh, let's go and a go bear. So it's we got a, we got a Cubs suck, a sock suck. Got two go bears and go bears. Got two yeah. go bears. But it's oh, the who cares? Which, which rhymes? Who cares? Two different, well, this guy's profile pictures with Jeremy Piven. He's important. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't. I I liked it. I wouldn't. And mind then part it every two, like how I think when we when he first debuted his first game, we all kind of were like, "All right, Gordon Beckham, what can you do?" Now that he's done more games, what do you think, so? I people are giving me shit, but I I don't mind him at all. I think it's kind of funny. I think he's entertaining. <laughs> he obviously knows the game, and it's funny to me when he forgets that he's in the booth. You know what I mean? Like shit happens, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What are you doing?" Or go or something like <laughs> in his little hillbilly accent and like uh I mean, his accent gets because you you don't normally you know hear you right know, those it's, guys aren't don't go up the broadcast chain but you know <laughs> Gordon Beckham with the, that southern twang it's uh 
what did he say? I forgot who hit it, but he was talking. He is going to swear one day, and I can't wait. I he's going to do it. He's he was talking some... about somebody at the plate, like how his bat's been hot, and he's like, I think it was like Randall or someone. He hit a home run, and he's just like, and yeah, hell, you know, Yaz been one of the hottest players, and then Yaz just hits an absolute pissness, and he goes, "Yep, see you there, you go, smell you later." And I was like, "Did he really just say smell you later as his home run call?" It was phenomenal. It, I want that to be his official home run call for <laughs> small you late i mean that would be great yeah and it was perfect time as soon as the ball left the bat he he dropped a <laughs> smell you later and it was perfect and he just he didn't get excited he didn't raise his voice his tone stayed the same he's like and yeah you know yeah has been one of the hottest hitters on team smell you later and it was just like <laughs> yes it was so perfect i rewound it twice during the commercial break after it and watched it again because it was hilarious dude so i i don't mind it i mean steve stone He's got a good job going right now. The guy's got like unlimited PTO or some shit like that, but he's working. Wait, does he just system. have it in his contract? Like, I'm just not doing road games? He's probably like, dude, I'm almost 80. Like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> like, it does make sense because they're still doing the games from, they're not traveling yet. No, they're all in and, Chicago. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not watching a game through a TV monitor. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> not calling it. going to 35th and Shields. To sit in a booth <laughs> with an empty stadium to call a game. Like, give me a fucking Yeti microphone and I'll do it from my living room if you really want it. Uh, so two things. One, today I learned that Andrew Vaughn has played more Major League Baseball games than Luis Robert. Yeah, makes sense. And then two, what are you seeing, Kevin? Andrew Vaughn's is it just beef cursing him? Or is this, is this the second adjustment from like MLB pitching? What's going on with Andrew Vaughn? Could He's been be struggling both. for a month. We will accept both. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, someone probably they, they they found something, and now it's he's just it's his job to kind of close the gap. And he is again, he's overexposed. He's this is why Tony Larusa has been trying to keep him rested all year is because he's hitting a wall. It's this is the wall that you want to be able to be rested enough that when you hit it you have the strength to punch, you know, punch through it. And mm-hmm. he's kind of punching through it, but you let him, this is where you let him swing out of it. And I think Larusa is, you're seeing, he's not, he's not at a loss for a bats right now. In fact, it's like, it's, it's weird. People are calling for him to take some time off when two weeks ago, or, you know, three weeks ago, they were like begging for him to play every game for the rest of the season. He's going to not need days off. Now this is the time for him to go out and just work, 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 maybe a day off here and there to re, you know, kind of rework on some sort of, gap in the swing or something, but for the most part, he needs to get out there and go. And, you know, I, I think it's just a wall. I think he's fine. I think to give him a couple, you know, give him a week or two. And again, this final stretch down, you know, the second half of September, you know, guys kick it in, you know, it's like that. It's, it's, it's like a scaling Mount Everest, man. Most people think that it's about getting to the top. That's just half the battle. you got to save your energy to get down too. And right now I think he's at that point where he's conserved enough that now it's time to dismount from the top of Everest and continue on down. So I think he's going to be fine, but I think it, I think he's got this reserve in him for the stretch that he's kind of like been kind of, you know, he's got to adjust and his body's adjusting and his mind's adjusting and his, you know, the scouting reports adjusting. So it's all about his adjustment period. Yep. I I'm fine with it. I mean, I think overall, if the season ended today, I would call this season 100% a success for Andrew Vaughn. Um, I also think, you know, this has been a great, preview to what he can do next year. I'm curious as to what they would do in an off season this year and how they're going to use Andrew. 
I think he's earned that, though. Um, also, a little bit of breaking news on the show. Um, Dallas Keuchel got out of the first inning without giving up a run. Got sky points all around for that one. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. Uh, it took a diving catch by Andrew Vaughn, a <laughs> sick play by Yoan Mancata, oh, and uh, an actual pretty good play by Dallas himself. But hey, I mean, no, uh, Dallas Keiko, he still he can still feel this position. He just can't pitch that one. Oh well. my god, does Jason Benetti <laughs> love to remind you he won a Gold Glove? <laughs> one more thing about oh, yeah, he cannot wait for <laughs> Dallas Keiko to like make the most routine or whatever kind of fielding play. <laughs> hey That's man, why you, he want a gold glove. You got to get the positives because there yep. hasn't been ready for him. One thing on Vaughn that I absolutely love, anytime I've said for every player when they struggle, what at least can you still be somewhat valuable at the plate? And even with the struggles, because in August uh, he had a 715 OPS, you know, he only hit 225. However, still put up a 340 on-base percentage and had 13 walks to 15 strikeouts. So even with the struggles, even with like not hitting as well as he did in July when he hit over 300, 13 to 15 uh, uh, walk to strikeout ratio. Amazing. For a rookie, incredible. 100%. And he's still in the top 81 percentile in hard hit percentage. He's still top 78 percentile in average exit velocity. Like he hits the fucking ball hard when he hits it. You know what I mean? Like his K rate right now, he's right in the middle of the league. He's league average. He's at 50. He's in the 52 percentile. Like he's, it's not bad by any means. It's just, and you want to talk about a spray chart. His spray chart looks like what you thought Schwindel's dud. Did I fucked that up, but still, <laughs> he, he looks, his spray chart looks, he's all over the place. Like it's equal to all fields. Uh, I'm no, I take away this season as a, Big positive for Andrew Vaughn, um, especially being a guy thrown into the major leagues with no AAA experience and then being like, oh, by the way, here's a position you've literally never played in your life, played at the major league level and execute. And he did. I mean, I, not even not even no AAA experience. He only played in the minors after he was drafted in 2019. They only had like a month and a half in the minors. And then obviously the 2020 season result, they were just at the alternate site. Uh, but yeah, no, fantastic for Andrew Vaughn. Especially, like you said, not only playing one position that he's never played before, multiple. Like he was playing right. left to right. He played second base one game. <laughs> filled in second. I think he filled in first a couple times. We got a barrel alert on okay. uh, Yasmani Grandel. There you go. Uh, 100 mile an hour exit velo. He hit the top of the wall for a double. Decent. Yeah. Speaking of guys who've been great, I th- I don't think this guy or may- maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Has this guy gotten as much love as I think he deserves? I I just looked up his numbers, and maybe he gets forgotten about. I don't know why. Maybe he's just, I mean he's a little quieter. Obviously, uh, you know, doesn't speak English. But Luis Robert, Luis Robert he's has so been he's so amazing. He's so fucking good. And you know what? And I'm very excited because after we're done with the show, I'm going to go play MLB The Show until I get his new 98 overall card because he is one of their August players of the month. Like he's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But no, he, dude, his game is so smooth. And he is like the whole, like, speak softly but carry a big stick. Like. Dude is hitting 340. He, he doesn't 
talk. He doesn't bad flip. He doesn't dance. He do, except on TikTok. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like. He's I mean, he'll like strip tease on TikTok. Yeah, he's not flashy or anything, but man, oh man, I think we're. Uh, oh, the show servers are down. That's fucking lame. Um, we've seen. I think he's back to a hundred percent finally in these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I say that with confidence because of yes, what he's doing at the plate, but also he's coming off a gold glove season in center field. And yeah. now we're dude, he's making these catches. And there was a catch on Tuesday night and Oakland's a huge field. You know what I mean? And he covered so much ground in center field to catch the ball. Like he didn't even have to extend his arm. He was just like looked up and was like, Boop. and it was like, how did, how, how did you get there? Like what is going And uh, Kansas city had a great diving catch. Like he's just, I'm very, 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 very happy that he's on the white Sox. <laughs> and, and we talked about it all like the two month season in 2020 when he started off amazing, like those first three weeks, first month. Yep. And then he took a big nosedive in September. But coming off that, and now this year, you know, he had to deal with the injury too, being out for what, like two and a half, three months. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, the approach seems, it's just, he's not, I think, what was it? It was on Tuesday night. He had like that long, I think he still made it out. But I saw a tweet. It was like 2020, Elise Robert would have struck out seven times uh, by now in this yes. at Yes. Uh, it's the low and away slider. Mm-hmm. He's learned to take it, and he's also learned to jump on it before the break. Yeah, he's, he's but, not sitting back on it as much, and he's taking it to yes, it's it's like a whole different ball player, and he's so young, and he's so raw still that after this season and another off season, I just can't even fathom how good he's going to be next year. Yeah, I mean he is quickly like because we knew the glove was there. I mean, he showed it right away, but it just, and like, we know, we know the powers there. We know the skills that the talent is there is like, obviously the approach. Can you lay off the pitches? This guy's quickly ascending to like, you know, you know, Juan Soto took that just immediate step from double A yep. to MLB. And he was just an all-star. He was just great. And usually I, I think Luis say... Roberts is on that level because again, he's only played in like 113 games. And usually I would say, although pump the brakes, let's not start comparing him to Juan Soto <laughs> and all this shit. But like, <laughs> Like two different hitters because Juan, Juan Soto has like the best eye in the league, but just like in terms very, of like yeah, a young guy, yes. a young guy ascending that quick, like Luis Robert. God damn. But all right, we're going to take a little break here because I want to show you guys this play because I know we're on the show, but this is sick. This isn't White Sox. This is, this is the play to end the – it's two to one <gasps> in, the bot, in the top of the ninth, two outs. Uh – Tampa Bay is at the plate. Watch this absolute hose. <coughs> Good lord, to end this is to end the game too. Oh hose no! All the way to the track. This is the fucking right fielder too, covering center field. Oh shit! Oh, beautiful, dude. That's good baseball. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I had it. Wendell. Okay, repeat that real quick. Let's watch one more time. Yeah. In the gap, diving attempt off the glove, maybe. Gets there. Right fielder from and bam. The track, from the farthest part in the ballpark. That yeah. is cannon. That's him. Is that, moving- Hunter, is that Hunter Renfro? Yes. That's, that's him. I wanted, I wanted the Cubs to sign him so bad. 
He's Sorry. moving towards the fence. He's Stop moving it. towards the fence, backing up that baseball. And, and I apologize to all and, of our, our and make, podcast oh. listeners, but oh. sometimes when a play is that good, <laughs> we got this is one of the advantages of watching the live watching show. Watching live. You got to tune in once Because Hunter Renfro with an absolute, I mean, that's like Vladdy Sr. type cannon. Like, to bring back an old ball. show sound. Because that was so sweet. Because, yeah, that's cannon. Again, the body, the fact that he controlled his body enough to get anything into that throw while backing up is is pretty pretty darn incredible into itself. And of course, the biggest Red Sox homer of all time, Jerry Carabas. Twenty years from now, I'll still be talking about the Hunter Renfro game. Oh, okay. Like, well, he had another. He had a. He had one earlier in the game where he uh, he pegged a guy from right field. But okay, okay, okay. These are big. This. Well, why don't we just get into that? Because we should end the show from now until when the playoffs start with the playoff races. I was literally just going to ask you about the standings and what do you think is how it's going to shake out? (laughs) These are big games. You got to figure it. So Tampa Bay's pretty much got the AL East wrapped up pretty well. But Mm -hmm. this is a big game for Boston because right now the Yankees and the Red Sox are tied. Tied. Yeah, the Yankees, then, have been, the Yankees have been terrible the last couple weeks. Right, but the big thing is the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays. are fucking unreal right now. Uh, what's his name? The former White Sox. Uh, oh, Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon, look, that guy's going to get paid. Yeah, and all these – I hate to do this to you guys, but there's a lot of White Sox fans that are like, Marcus Simeon, future White Sox second baseman. No, they're not – he's not coming back. Guys. Yeah, says they're Hernandez. He's not. <laughs> Boy, is yeah. he lucky that the Sox have a huge division lead. <laughs> yeah, I need I need a lot more out of Cesar. Gloves there. Gloves buying him some yeah. time. Gloves I mean, buying him it, some I mean, time. for the price, you, you should have just brought back uh, Yomer Sanchez. <laughs> he, won't, he won a gold glove. <laughs> I got to think Cesar, 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 whatever, he figures it out. But anyways, crazy race for the AL wildcard now, though, with – Toronto only two and a half out. The Mariners three games out. The A's are only four games out. Or A's are like A's are they're sliding now. Yeah, their bullpen sucks. Their and they bullpen, got I think they got swept in Toronto this past weekend. That was right. huge. Their bullpen is failing them at the worst time. And then the other big one though is the National League wild card. The Padres and the Reds are tied for that second yep. wild card spot. I mean, the first wild card spot is going to go to whoever comes in second in the NL West. Um, well, you know, the NL, the NL, it's the NL West, the NL East is still close. And then the NL wildcard, the only division, the only two divisions in baseball that are, pr- are that are pretty much over are the centrals. Yeah. Well, I don't know the AL, or the West, AL, AL East too, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the AL West, I don't see the Mariners catching the Astros unless they just take a horrible nose dive, but it's that. The Mariners have, games, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mariners have a great shot, though, at the wild card. I mean, the wild card is completely up for grabs. That's going to be fun, yeah. I personally would, as a fan, would love to see a Yankees-Red Sox wild card game in the Bronx. Like, I think that would be unreal. That, uh, be that, cool. that atmosphere would be awesome. But also, it is not a mystery here that I've always liked the Blue Jays. And – they're just such a fun, young, talented team. Yeah. And for as many people that 
were so quick to call Vladdy Jr. a bust. After a fucking After, Mickey Mouse yeah. fucking bullshit season. Oh, this guy stinks. He's fat. He's out of shape. All it took was homeboy to put the cheeseburgers down and get in a weight room and get a little <laughs> bit motivation, which props to all the people that gave him motivation because what's he got, 40-something now? Yeah. He's got 40 bombs. And they're not cheapies. He doesn't hit cheap home runs. He hits tanks. And Simeon's been – oh, God, he's been so good too, though. I don't know. Crazy shit, man. Baseball is awesome. Yeah, no, ter- like the – I remember you brought up Toronto last week, and I was like, oh, yeah, Toronto. Like, they're pretty fun too. But, like, I don't know, Seattle – I'm still, like, putting for Seattle just because they haven't been there in a while. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have a few young players just – I mean, they've kind of been a surprise. So that's always good to see, like, new blood in the playoffs. But, like, I mean, we talked about it. Like, Yankees-Red Sox for one game playing. That'd be fun as hell. The NL – I mean, the NL East is still – I have no clue how – well, I know how because the Mets are just playing, like, the worst teams in their division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those three teams, the Mets, uh, Mets, Braves, and Phillies, they're all within like four games of each other with the Braves leading right now. And they all they all kind of have kind of easy schedules and they also play each other. So that's going to come down to the last week, I think. Uh, yeah. And the wild card too, yeah, Reds, Padres. And the best part about all this, dude, is this is some awesome, insane, intense baseball in which the White Sox have a 10-game lead in their division. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like imagine if the Sox were like yeah. in the AL East, you'd oh, be like, gracious. <laughs> you guys would be like, what? Ten, like what? Eight games back oh. of the holy shit, the race. Breaking news: Dallas <gasps> Keuchel still bad. Oh, oh no! <laughs> what happened? What happened? Break it down, Zach. What happened? Second uh, inning didn't go as well. 106 mile per hour exit velocity. Matt Chapman just fucking hit a moonshot into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah, Dallas. Yeah, let's see the pitch. Looks like it's a breaking ball. That oh my god, dude, that is right <laughs> on the fucking middle. That is straight meat. I don't. I haven't. I haven't watched. All, I. I mean, I haven't watched most of Dallas. 105 mile an hour exit velocity, 402 feet. I mean, that ball was right down the fucking. I mean, Kevin doesn't just. This just sounds like John Lester of like the past couple of years at the <laughs> end for the cast. Absolutely. It's yeah. It <laughs> just can't, can't just can't get out. Just do it. It was a 79 and a half mile per hour pitch right on the yep, middle. It's like, yep, because the guys have to, they can't rely, they can't rely on the velocity in the corners anymore. They have to be crafty and then they miss, they're gonna get hit really hard. And he missed. He just threw a nice sinker paint at the corner, but like he the one to Chapman. Good lord! <laughs> I mean, that was BP, dude. That's that's the best. I, and I know people say that all the time, but I, I'm not exaggerating. That was that was batting practice. Uh, hey, man, it's only it's only it was only a solo home run, right? It was only a solo shot. Okay, all right. Nope. At least he didn't game. like a walk a guy and then give up the home run. So that's not good. yet. <laughs> but the good news is Raylo found figured something out. I mean, the LASIK. Yeah, well, I still can't believe that was it. But yeah, Rayo got the LASIK, and I don't know, man. Like I said, with all this great competitive baseball, like it's, I thoroughly enjoy now every morning. Like there's like a 45 minute window where between when I get my son changed and fed to like where I have to take him to his grandma's for today. But like we literally sit on the couch and we watch MLB Network the quick hit show and we watch all the highlights and stuff, but it's, it's cool 
to like have so many meaningful games right now. You know what like, I mean? Like, yeah. You know, and then like you talked about like the Sox, the big league, like this past, uh, this past weekend, Sox lose two or three. The pitching looks bad for the most, like two out of those three games. It, it didn't even, I think you guys lead went up. Yeah. The magic, num- <laughs> the magic number continues to go down because Cleveland is <laughs> so bad. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, Hey, like, Oh, actually, this brings up a good point. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, got to give credit where credit's due. White Sox Dave did a fantastic interview with Rick Heim mm-hmm. uh, last week. Had him in studio, which in-studio interviews definitely hit different. You know, there's a different connection yeah. versus a Zoom meeting. And um, they talked about so many good things. Rick was extremely candid. I think it was one of the best Rick Hahn interviews I've heard in some time and um he asked rick straight up he's like i know you see what's going on on twitter i know you won't admit you have a burner but i know you know like (laughs) i know you know like what fans are bitching about you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like i know you see like the trade deadline stuff and all that other stuff and rick didn't disagree with him he's just like yeah mm -hmm." and he's just like what pisses you off the most when people talk shit about you, when people talk shit about a certain player, when people talk shit about Kenny, when people talk shit about Jerry, like what, what gets Rick Hahn upset? And he kind of took a minute and then he gave his answer. And before I tell you his answer, I got to say, I totally 1000% agree with him. His answer was I, what gets me upset is knowing that, there's something special going on right now on the South side and people are just so used to, or so like desperate to complain about something that they can't just enjoy this ride. And I was like, fuck dude. Like, yes. <laughs> like, yes, Rick. Like, yes. Like, and- that's the, I got it. Like the first month. Cause like what I get the whole, like the angst right. with Larusa, and like, he was, he had like a couple, well, like, they said, do, you get, do you get mad about the Larusa criticism? And he admitted, he goes, I don't get mad about it, but I definitely didn't think it was going to be this bad. <laughs> and like, and like Larusa had like some, like couple of tough moments for him, but like team was winning at this point. Like what is, what could Sox fans possibly be mad about? I don't get why. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta, and I understand that we live in this, new day and age where social media and everything is at our fingertips and there's so many different stats and you can manipulate these numbers to like back your argument however you want to as we saw very rampant in the Yasmani versus Salvador Perez argument it was Mm -hmm. like whatever side you were arguing just take this number twist it a little bit here and then (laughs) boom there you go and but Man, when Rick said that, dude, I was just, I stopped what I was doing when I was listening to podcasts and I was just like, I rewound it and listened to it again. I was just like, fuck yeah, Rick. Like, fuck yeah, dude. Like 100%. And I don't know. It's, he's totally right. I'm trying to, I've always been kind of enjoyed it. Like certain things have pissed me off, but that's just part of being a fan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, wow. it was just. It was cool to hear him say that. One of the other things that I thought was really interesting was he talked about how he's been trying to get Brian Goodwin on this team for like four years. He's mm-hmm. like, I know, didn't they draft him? I'm pretty sure they drafted him. Wait, I'm sorry, I missed it. Who was the name? Brian Goodwin. Uh, did the Sox draft? Hold on, I don't remember. 
but, Brian Goodwin's been around for a while, I think. Let's see. Right. But he's been saying, like, he, I thought it was just interesting that he was just like, I've been trying to get Brian Goodwin on his team for so long. <laughs> he's like, he's just a good player. Uh, no, he was drafted by the Nationals. No, he was. Right here, draft. Drafted by Chicago White Sox, 17th round, 2009. And then he was drafted again. So I guess he went back. Oh, okay. To so try to get him. Go. Yeah. But, yeah, 2009, White Sox in the amateur draft did not sign. The mm-hmm. Nationals, he was the 34th pick in the first round. Like, he had the talent. And then, but it was just interesting to see, hear a little bit behind the curtain of, like, Han being like, yeah, dude, like, he's good. Like, I know it's not like a sexy name, but like Brian Goodwin and he's been a great fit for this team so far. Oh, we actually got a a question mm-hmm. from Todd. Um, I don't listen all the time, at least you're honest, but with <laughs> Sox fleecing the Cubs in the Quintana trade, do you think it's flipped with the Kimbrel trade, especially what he can do in the playoffs? I think it all hinges on what he does in the playoffs. Yeah. So in this scenario, are you saying that the Cubs got the better deal in the Kimbrel trade? Is that what he's Depen- saying? Yeah. Like, do you think it's flipped there, depending there on what Kimbrel does in the playoffs? Way too early to say. Like, no, so, so I'm saying it all hinges on what he does in the play, like what happens in the postseason. Because that's why the Sox made the trade. True. And I mean, Kimbrel's really figured his shit out. I mean, it was a little rough going, but anytime you have a completely new situation where you go from being the man to being part of a crew, like, I mean, I could pull it up right now but Kimbrel's last couple appearances he's been absolutely lights out um, what happened last night i don't i do you think i, I stay awake for oakland games you're <laughs> fucking insane i think he gave up a couple runs last night did he really yeah <laughs> i didn't see it because it didn't pop up on the highlights or the condensed version all right i didn't pay attention to who was pitching let's but. see he came in I guess he gave up one inherited, or I guess he gave up inherited runners. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah. Different story. Um, I think Kimbrell's going to be just fine. Um, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. But I see what you're saying, though. I get it, Todd. I get what you're saying. And, I mean, a lot. Well, it depends on what magical this, too. Right. And, I mean, I, dude, gave up a single, run was on birth. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, there you go. Love Nathan. Nathan's awesome. Um, okay. He gave up a single, whatever. Um, it was like the dude in mortal Kombat when he's like, your soul is mine. And he <laughs> takes the guy's soul out of his body. I was on Instagram, I think a couple days ago and Nick Madrigal posted for the first time in a long time. And he was in the weight room and he had all Cubs, like Cubs shirt. Yeah, on, I saw like, Cubs, and there's just like something about motivation coming back. And I was just like, Oh fuck, it's real. Uh Oh, it's the first time it hit me as it was real. You know what I mean? It was just like, <laughs> oh, fuck. And I'm not going to lie. The first time I see like a highlight or a play with him in uh, playing for the Cubs, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty rough. It's gonna be pretty I rough. hope that Nick Madrigal has like the same attitude that Eloy has and just tries to kill the White Sox every time. Because <laughs> Eloy already like in like 20 games against the Cubs is like, I don't even know, like fucking stupid numbers. So I just... I need, I need, I need, uh, what, Nikki T strikes to, to even that out a little bit. <laughs> Which I, again, I hope nothing but the best for Nick Madrigal, but. I will but, say this, if Nick Madrigal has a great career with the Cubs, it doesn't matter if the, if the Sox, like, win the World Series and Craig Kimbrough was a big part. What? 
Like if Nick Madrigal has a great career with the Cubs, like oh, a Sox yeah, fan, you can't be you can't be like, oh, we lost the trade. Like that doesn't matter if the Sox win the World Series yeah, and Craig no. Kimbrell was like a big part in the bullpen. One hundred percent. How's your yeah. draft going, Kev? Got a good oh, yeah, team. draft update. Just finished. Oh, okay. Run down the team. All right, you ready? All right, let's see what I got. Um, so it's a ten dude league. Uh, team stacked. Team stacked. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hear your team anymore. Well, right, I won the league last year, which it's the big money <laughs> league. Which well, wait, explain it. How did you already have your first three round draft picks or your keepers, first three? three keepers from last year? Three keepers only a ten team league. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how do you have Chubb and Derrick Henry? I'm like, what? Well, I I would have gotten those two guys no matter what last year the way I drafted. They, <sighs> even even if it was because I actually drafted ten. So anyway, yeah, it's a ten team league though. It's been around. We've been doing this for like 16, 18 years now. Um, and yeah, I, I, I got two uh, more players. Keepers, keepers were Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and uh, Tyreek Hill. So my quarterback is Dak Prescott. My wide receivers are Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson. My running backs are Nick Chubb. It's also a double flex, by the way. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, tight end is George Kittle. And I have Kareem Hunt, Debo Samuel, Lavisca Chanel, Devin Singletary. I picked up Michael Thomas just as a, as a stole. Darnell Mooney, Giovanni Bernard, Tevin Coleman, and Ty Johnson. So I kind of just bought the Jets. Oh, uh, defense, Tampa Bay, and my kicker's gay. How many times have you won this league? Three. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Who's won it the most? Like the number of times? Me. You? Are you and, tied with anyone, or have you won it yeah. just the most? No one else has won it more than twice. Uh, no, my ironically, the other three-time winner is my ex-girlfriend, who I taught fantasy football, and she won. Hey. She, won she won it like two years in a row. Caesar just got on base. Good. There you go. Yep. And down in Charlotte, Adam Engel just drove in the night's first run. I'll ask you this, though. Adam Engel, Gavin Sheets, who makes the playoff roster? Bulls. I do that gif of the, the girl from the taco commercial going, why, why not? not both? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why that, not both? That, that's how, okay. you know how fucked up that is, that that's how my brain works? Like the first <laughs> thing I was a gif. <laughs> like, that's, I'm actually, I'm not surprised. Though. No, I gif everything, dude. Like, <laughs> the these the, there's these two dudes I used to work with, and we have a group chat, and I always, in text, I, just like Twitter, I always put gifs, whatever, and the one guy's like, man, if you can get a doctrine and GIF usage, you would probably be a billionaire right now. Like, you would have some – like, I'm pretty good with GIFs. Pretty good. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's how my brain works. Immediately go, like, yeah. Oh, there's oh, GIF this, is most this is the GIF I would use. <laughs> oh, so, just uh, as we're clear, because Yahoo loves me, even though you guys make fun of me. I am projected to win the league, go twelve oh. and two. Second place is projected to go nine and five. So there we go. Let's go. Here's another gift. Pretends to be shocked. <laughs> you mean you mean to sit there and tell me on Al Gore's internet <laughs> with a team starting with Chubb and Henry as your running backs, you're projected to win the t- the league? And then Tyreek Hill as your third round pick. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's the beauty of keepers, though. When someone oh, that's the beauty of a ten round of a ten player yeah, league. Tyreek Hill's been my keeper for like three years, though. All right. So well, I drafted I, dare, I drafted Derrick Henry two or three years ago. So I got Chubb with the eleventh pick last year you after losing Chubb. my after losing my <laughs> losing my tenth pick because I was the last pick. I was the tenth pick in the draft last year. So I got because Henry was my keeper, my 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 technically my first keeper, but really my second keeper. Um, I was able to get. Chubb, so it worked. 
By the way, yeah. quick oh, shout out to White Sox legend. I've kept those guys. This has been my this is my third year to keep those guys. My bad. Shout out to White Sox legend Cody Hoyer. Two more shutout innings for the Cubs. Never heard anything bad about him. Oh, the only thing I don't like about him is the unfollowed beef flow. That's right. That's that was very sad to hear. Um, <laughs> but since we're already in the slap happy part of the show, <laughs> um, I got nothing else to do. Kids sleeping. Should be Although, interesting this weekend to see if there's a, a an emotional weekend with with what's going on at Wrigley too. I'm pretty excited about that actually. It's there's got, there's, there's closure. The, wait, wait, let's hope, do an over under. Kevin, how many home runs does KB hit? I think he hits one. I was gonna say two. I had one. I think he. I think he walks like three times though, at least. And I think that he. He might even sit one of the games. Who knows? Who hits know. him? On huh? accident. On who hits him on accident? Hoyer. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and people are gonna be like, "Oh my god, they're throwing at KB." Hendricks gonna be. A- he doesn't throw. Port- <laughs> like he hits everything he tries to hit. So. Oh my god, Kyle Hendricks used to be like shut down. I think maybe <laughs> he'll just go. Nah, it'll be it's gonna be fun. Just it, it's closure that he needs to. I think he didn't get the chance to say goodbye. The you know the last yeah. game that they played at Wrigley, they were they they both were they were gonna play. They wanted to play. They wanted to get one last, and and they didn't give it to him. They didn't let him. So you know Rizzo didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Goodbye. He got a, he got a chance to walk out and say goodbye at least to some of the fans. But you know Javi played that game. Chris is the only one that really didn't have a chance to you mm-hmm. know get at least a curtain call or at least you know play in the game and and get one last little hurrah. So this will be nice for him. Giants are on fire right now. You know, the NL the NL West is just Yeah, you know, Dodgers, Dodgers, Giants is fun as hell too. Yeah. There might be a wild card team that wins hundred games this year. That's 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 awful. <laughs> wow. I mean that's that's awful for that Our, team that ends up as the wild card. Yeah. So Brutal. strictly for entertainment purposes. Yeah, so Bucks minus eight and a half. Oh, it went up to eight and a half? Yep. Or was it always eight and a half? It's eight and a half right now. Well, the, the Cowboys are going to be out that one offensive lineman, right? Zach Martin. He has COVID. He has the Rona. So, I mean, Zeke, the run game. How's Gak's shoulder? I'll lay the points. And then we got a 51 and a hook over under. Thursday night football, first game of the season. I don't like that over. I think I just lay off it. Yeah, no play. No play. Yeah, that's, that's, a no, that's a no play for me. What do you got, Fitz? Yeah, nah, no play on that. You just never know what that Tampa, you know, those 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 opening night games are always kind of a little bit ugly early, but yeah. it's Tampa Bay's defense is good too. Thing is, I feel like Dak Prescott wants to come out and just sling it. And mm-hmm. there is that potential that if he does come out rearing, he could carry a game. I mean, the Bucs weren't great last year till the end. I mean, the Bears beat him last year, for God's sakes. So they've been beatable. Um early in the season as they start ramping it up. And Tom Brady's a ramp up guy too. So I don't know. I I hate the Cowboys though. It'd be nice if the Cowboys just lost so that we don't have to deal with like them winning their first three games of the season and everyone. We you know, Cowboys. Boys. We didn't boys. We back. And no. even and even and even with the big spread, like obviously I think the Tampa Bay is going to win. Like it's going to be a, I mean minus eight and a half. I think they're, they're going to cover. It's going to be a blowout. But even with that, and and talking about like the the total, you're always you can always get fucked by just a garbage touchdown at the end. I'd say inside of eight, I take the Cowboys. Outside of eight, I take I take. You the, know what? I'm changing it. Whatever the first half is, give me the first half spread for the Tampa Bay. Let me go to points bet. So is it like minus five, maybe? Using promo code pinwheels. pinwheels. That's still a thing. <laughs> and uh, let me see what we like here. First half. I think, I, you know what? Yeah, no, give me the first half. Home game. Damn it. 
you know, home. It's gonna be a home game for Tampa. You know, fans are all there. It's gonna be a full house. I think. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. right. Everything's open now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Florida, dude. Florida never closed. Yeah, and then you know, uh, Cowboys are gonna be without one of the like, uh, you know, good offensive linemen. Um, yeah, give me Tampa. Tampa first half, whatever it is. Let Ooh. me see. I get you in two seconds here. Um, first half. Minus five. Four and a hook. Do it. Love it. I actually love it. Love it. And the over under is at twenty five and a hook. Staying away from that, but give me Tampa Bay minus four and a half. I think this might be the new closing segment since we're doing Wednesday night. On Wednesday, now. yeah, just do Thursday. Yeah, we could do Thursday night game. We can close it out because track of us keep track of them. There. So what would you? What would? What? What is your pick on? Oh, yeah, so go, yeah, what's your what's your pick, Zo? Yeah, your official Thursday night right? pick. I really, really like the Tampa first half bat. I'm gonna snipe that from you, bud. Oh my god. Yep, you gave me first dibs. <laughs> I like Tampa first half, and then I mean, since there's no real money on it, I just say Tampa money line. Cause... All right, Kevin, what's your, like your official lock? Cowboys plus eight. All right, I want to go for a charity charity touchdown. To make it a seven-point game. Now we're in cooking. Two minutes, and so the one point it makes a huge difference. Well, I was going to do a prop first touchdown, Chris Godwin. Ooh, I like that. I I go over Brady two and a half touchdown passes. I think he gets at least three. I think he gets two, and then like there's a couple. I think Gronk he gets touchdown. I think he gets two, and then he throws it to Gronk, and he goes out of bounds at the one yard line, and says "fuck Bill Miller," and then they <laughs> run it in. Sorry, Bill. You know I love you, bud. Uh, is, there a, is there a sneaky bet for Gio Bernard to score a touchdown? What are the odds on that? I feel like the, he might get a third down stretch, like a like a like a. He's not on the Bengals. Hmm? He's on. The, I didn't know he was. He's on the, on the Bucks. Yeah, he's on the Bucks, baby. He's their third down back. Um, he's not even showing up on these prop bets. Oh, and by the way, yes, I will also take Tampa Bay minus four and a half first half. Let's see yeah, what we got. Those yeah. stole my pick. I totally sold your pick because it's just good. such a good. It's a good pick. Cody here with the win. Cubs beat the Reds four to one. They just keep going. Oh, he hit a walk off home run. Because it was one to one. Is this first touchdown? Yeah, this is first touchdown. Anytime touchdown score. Yeah, walk off three run, Jack. It looks like, and it was hit. Jason by... Hayward. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, earning that paycheck. Gio okay. Bernard is plus three seventy five to score a touchdown. Hmm. That's actually, I thought the odds would be lower than that. Well, I mean, Tampa Bay's defense is plus 380. So it's basically <laughs> oh, okay. the same thing. Yeah. I was going to say, what's a pick six? The day the pick All right. Six? So let's end. So we can end every like Wednesday show now with our Thursday night pick. And then we have to do like the Bears. We got to keep track of it too. Oh, we the Bears. Yeah. We got to keep track of yeah, it. So, okay. So I'm not going to give you any of my secrets. I do like Are you doing Bears? I'm, I'm literally putting in that first half bet. Um, we we can both bet on it, although no, I am. I'm just uh, I want the credit. <laughs> but if it if it doesn't hit, blame Zoe, not me. That's fine. I'll wear it <laughs> for for anyone listening Thursday morning. If you guys still listen, if yeah, it doesn't work, the, it's Zoe's fault. For the eight people watching right now, um, yep. so the Bears are getting seven and a half. They're, they're getting they're getting less <laughs> than the Cowboys are. Yeah, um, I'm going to give. What's the total? Forty six and a half. Uh, I'm going. I to, think that's ugly. I think. 
Sunday yeah. night, primetime, Al Michaels. I say Rams by 10, so I take Rams minus. I'll take the Rams minus four for the first half. And then I will also take – where's it at? Rams defense at 350 to score a touchdown. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I got I got I got Rams minus seven and a half for the game. And what is what are the odds for a touchdown catch from Jimmy Graham? Here's my official pick. Here we go. Short, short down. Here we go. Two yard touchdown catch. First half under total. Whatever the total is under. First okay. half. So it's probably what like twenty twenty seven. Well then I'll tell you in a minute. I'm still I gotta keep scrolling to find a Jimmy Graham touchdown. Uh Jimmy Graham is at Plus four hundred to score a touchdown. Ooh, I'll take that. that's good. That and then, as far as first half total, first half total, like twenty three, maybe twenty three and a half. Twenty two and a half. Oh shit! I'll still do under. I, I think that's fair. So there we go. Everybody, keep track. My, uh, I see Fizz writing it down. My Sunday go. night betting is heavily dependent on how <laughs> I do during the day. <laughs> I All tend right, to so. try to dig up. Although <laughs> you took, so I have Tampa Bay first half minus four and a half, and then Bears Rams first half under total twenty two and a half. Lock it in, everyone. Parlay it. Twenty two and a half, and then all right. So that's what you got. And do you have any? Do you have any of your props? Did you have any props? Who you thought was going to score? If there is a prop out I mean, there, are those or is that just for fun? You can keep, if you want, I that made might this get prop- a little tedious, but you can keep trying. Yeah. I made this prop bet with my friend in the morning. Prop bet whatever the over is for the snaps that Justin Fields get over. He gets in the second oh, yeah. half. You think? Right. So you are maybe because Andy Dolan gets decapitated, but I think I'm, Justin uh, Fields in. Bucks, Bucks laying the points first half, and Rams laying the points first half, and then Rams defense to score a touchdown. But we're not doing <laughs> what was the first half of the Rams? Four. Uh, four. Okay, got that written down. It is now permanent. It's in ink. I didn't use a pencil. Yeah. Electric pencil. So like, I mean, yeah, I like that. We can end the show with that. That's that's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, and we won't tell anybody about it, so they just have to find it. Yeah. For the people yeah. that listen. Let the record show I'm rooting for the Bears to win just on betting logically. Right. So well, it's really it's a win-win. If the Bears cover, I think the Bears play, well, must have played well. My wife always says, she's like, how can you bet against the Bears? Well, I want the Bears to win, but I want my money to be <laughs> plentiful. Had your joy. Had your happiness. Yeah. You know? yeah. Bears lose, you win. No, Bears see, that's, a, that's one of those cases where if I have a bet and it's against the Bears and if the Bears uh, win, that's why I can't ever – bet a Bears game. Because well, even why, if I bet against them and they win, I'll be mad the bet lost. 100%. This is why Dallas Keiko only has one, given up one run because I took Oakland team over tonight. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be mad. You're going to be mad. So. If you really want to bet against someone, always bet against UNLV football. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. Okay. It's, it's money Insider in the bank every time. It's like betting on I heard that they, they haven't been able to practice, right? Because of the wildfires? No, they've been practicing. Oh. Or was See, that just last week? That was uh, when they were up in Reno. They, they okay. had that camp or something like that up north, I think. That is but, one of the things, though, especially these days now, you really got to pay attention to, like, oh, this guy, their starting left guard hasn't practiced all week because he's had COVID. Like, you got to, like, you know what I mean? And then 
Uh, it's like New Orleans. They can't play any any of these college teams in the Louisiana area. They can't play any of their home games. Right One, I mean, speaking no of power. colleges and things that uh, pointing out about betting, Zoe, I saw that you weren't a fan of the Iowa State jerseys, the black and white. Not a fan. At home, they're playing Iowa, right? Yep. However, I was looking down in the in your mentions. Now, I agree. If at first, you know, I, I whenever they first like made this uniform, I would be right there with you, Zoe. Like you, why are you doing? Like why are you wearing the black and white? Where's give me some flair? I didn't give know me some record. red. I didn't However, know exactly. However, it's too late now. They're eight and zero. They have to wear them. They're eight and zero. Right. Even as bad as they are, they have to wear them. No, I didn't know that either. I, I'm obviously not a big Iowa State or Iowa guy for that matter, but no idea that they were eight and zero wearing those black and whites. But I just thought this is the first time those two teams have ever played each other where they're both ranked. It's the national spotlight game of the week. You have a cool color scheme in the the red and yellow. Like it's a it's unique. It's cool. Like really showcase that. And you're gonna show up wearing black and white when your opponent wears black and gold. Yeah. And it's just like mm, I, I agree I just, with no, I one hundred percent agree. Oh, but then eight no. Caesar with the error. Oh no. By the way, UNLV, so take Arizona State oh, minus thirty three this week. Arizona State minus 33 against UNLV this. Arizona State's minus 33? Yeah. You think you still go, you still put money on Arizona State? Absolutely. I'm going to make I sure. Just, I, I I will am... down, I'm going to be at, uh, I have a Gary Clark Jr. concert at Virgin Hotel Saturday night. I'll be watching the beginning of the game before I go to the, I'll be, I'll be laying down a bet at the hotel. So when I come out from the concert, I can collect my money. No free ads, but if there are any Arizona listeners, I'm not going to give out the sports book. But sports betting launches on Thursday in Arizona. There's a sports book that is giving out. You're going to get matched a free bet for every point that every Arizona team plays this weekend. Or every every Arizona point that they score this weekend. That includes all the teams. Sounds like that includes Arizona State minus 33 and a half, apparently. Sounds like a good weekend. So that's a great. So just find it. No free ads. Google it, Aaron. <laughs> UNLV just lost in overtime to an FBS team. So um, Arizona State's. <laughs> All right. Interesting. And then also I'd like to, in front of our audience, say, Fids, if you get any more of those locks that you hear about on the streets of Vegas, yeah, feel free to text them to me like you did last year. That basketball one basically paid off my car last year. So, Ooh. yeah, do that one again. Yep. We'll get them. All right. Uh, we'll call that the show. Well, by the way, everyone gamble responsibly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You guys don't even have that. You can actually, I don't know if you guys can do that. You can load your money. You don't have to go into a casino to load your money, do you, in no. Illinois? Oh, well, okay. yeah, you do. You have to, well, you have to go. Sign up. You don't have to go in the casino either. You just have to be like within like a mile radius of. Like, it's point, so stupid. PointsBet has like four locations you can do it at. Yeah. And use probably oh. pinwheels. But. Um, That's the worst when you're drinking. You're like, I'll just throw another. Let me just load a couple more bucks on the card. Yeah. Um, wake up the next morning and like shit something cool though that points but did just come out with is uh you can like set like a timer almost like and a limit so when you get your drunk ass wants to bet at <laughs> fucking eight o'clock and you're like fuck yeah rams minus four five hundred dollars they'll be like nope when you're chasing that saturday night hawaii game after a tough yeah. Tough afternoon slate. <laughs> never speak bad about that. That has gotten me out of so many jams back in the day. I've never speak bad about that Hawaii game. Fucking Cole Brennan was mm, 
Rest in peace, King. There you go, Manny. Manny, just take all the picks. Parlay them, Manny. Yeah. Par- hey, when we pay your mortgage this week. <laughs> and when we don't. Buy us, uh, buy, just hop on our link that we have on our, on our Twitter and, yep. and buy us a case of beer if you win. Uh, using our advice. That's so. That's such a great. That's probably the best idea you've come up with on our show because it's fucking beautiful. Or just someone send. We need bottles of Malort here on the West Coast. Oh, let it. <laughs> I need a Malort help. Vladdy Jr. just pissed all over a Chapman fastball. Yeah, thanks. That was a clap, me. not anything else for the people. Yeah. 96, <laughs> 96, <laughs> miles, 96 miles an hour. He fucking destroyed it. Not a decent. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, we do. Got, I'm going to bet all these picks. They're not yeah. even big bets, but I'm going to bet them. And hopefully, we win some money. Uh, for Fids, all thumbs up. And uh, talk to you next week. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy.